Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, and we're back for another episode of the American Soul Podcast. I hope that y'all are doing well, as always, wherever you are. I thank you for spending a little bit of time today with me, and for those of y'all that are sharing the podcast and subscribing to it, and word of mouth passing it on to other people, thank y'all so much. I hope that it gives y'all a little bit of knowledge, and ultimately I hope it helps our country, even if it's just a little bit. So we're going to take one of our little walks up and down our dirt road today. Don't have anybody with me yet, but we got all sorts of people out here right now floating around. So my wife may pop up at any moment, as well as dogs and cats and children and turkeys and everything else. So we'll just see. I would like today to read you a few quotes from arguably one of my favorite first ladies. And as always, the main goal of this podcast, other than my personal goal of hoping that it draws y'all a little bit closer to Jesus Christ, the main goal is to turn our country back to her roots, back to our founding faith and principles based on Jesus Christ's teachings and to push back against this modern narrative of separation of church and state that says that our Christian faith has to be left at home, which is not the way the country was founded at all. We talk about this every episode. And maybe just a little bit this episode to kind of push back on this totally false narrative that has popped up over the last... I guess half century, but really strongly over the last 10 to 15 years, that America is this sexist, racist, bigoted, oppressive nation and was founded as such. America has been those things at times, but it has always, without fail, been because her people in that moment went against her founding faith and principles based on the teachings of Christ, not because they went with them. So what I would like to do today is to look at a couple of these quotes from Abigail Adams, who was one of our first ladies, our second first lady. She was the wife of John Adams, who was obviously our second president. Just to get kind of an idea of what her thoughts were. So the first quote that I'm going to read you is actually a quote from an author of the book America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations. And this is a resource that I've just started to get into, folks, but so far it's been a phenomenal resource. So if you're looking for something that shows primary sources and talks about people's actual thoughts and feelings that gives their words from the founding of our country throughout a huge chunk of her history and shows how tied our nation has always been and that that our great leaders have acknowledged that tie to God. This is a great resource, folks. So you can check it out. It's easy to find on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, other places online. So this is the little paraphrase, or not paraphrase, but this is the little paragraph of introduction about Abigail Adams. 
Abigail Adams, 1744 to 1818, was the wife of second president John Adams and the mother of sixth president John Quincy Adams. At the age of 20, she married John Adams and they had five children. She strongly supported her husband's career. Her letters and memoirs are now considered major historical documents revealing life during the Revolutionary Era. On October 16, 1774, just prior to the outbreak of war with Great Britain, Abigail wrote to John Adams from their home in Braintree. And so this now is Abigail Adams' actual quote in this letter. I dare not express to you at 300 miles distance how ardently I long for your return. And whether the end will be tragical, heaven only knows. You cannot be, I know, nor do I wish to see you an inactive spectator. But if the sword be drawn, I bid adieu to all domestic felicity and look forward to that country where there are neither wars nor rumors of war in a firm belief that through the mercy of its king, capital K there, we shall both rejoice there together. Your most affectionate, Abigail Adams. If you know anything about this relationship, folks, you know how loving these two were to each other and what a strange time they had throughout a big chunk of their marriage because of the war, because of politics, because of John Adams' role as uh, ambassador during the war, as president, vice president, or I think he was Washington's vice president, if I get that right. At any rate, a lot of roles that kept them separated, and Abigail Adams for a big chunk of this time was home alone with these four kids, four or five. One of them died early on, I think, less than a year and a half. Just phenomenally brave and courageous woman. And so the reason I'm noted in her letter that King was capitalized is obviously she's talking about God, the Father of Jesus Christ here. That was their background, Christian faith. Just a great reminder, folks, and a good insight to the feelings of the country, both male and female at that time. So here's another one, and this is from June 18, 1775, and the conflict with Britain had started. And so this was another letter that Abigail Adams wrote to her husband. The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but the God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Charleston is laid in ashes. The battle began upon our entrenchments upon Bunker's Hill, Saturday morning about three o'clock, and has not ceased yet. And it is now three o'clock Sabbath afternoon. It is expected that they will come out over the neck tonight, and a dreadful battle must ensue. Almighty God, cover the heads of our countrymen and be a shield to our dear friends. Abigail Adams. There's a few things here, folks. One, when she says God of Israel, just for those people out there that are going to try and tell you about the whole deist, right? Well, our founders, they weren't really Christian. They were deists. No. 
There were a few folks, a very few, the vast majority of our founding fathers and mothers, our founding generation as a whole was Christian. Different sects of Christianity, yes, but Christian. Uh, the other thing, so she, you know, you see in this letter how much she's telling her husband to put his faith and trust in God. And she stayed home and raised these four kids, folks, these five kids, the one that died. And she, she held the home front together. And let's take a little side note here, folks. Today, so often women that stay home and love their husbands and raise their children and make a a house, a home, are belittled or demeaned by the world and society, and they're told you're really a failure to your gender because you have chosen to stay home in a derogatory sense as opposed to going out and finding professional achievement and following your own goals in that sense. That couldn't be further from the truth, folks. The backbone of our society has often been the women that have stayed home and raised their families, you know, loved their husbands. It's, it's been that way for a long time. And regardless of what the timing was here, that still reigns true today. It's all about priorities, folks. And, and she's got a great example here. So I think we've probably got time for one or two more. So we'll go on to the next quote here. Just let me back up one more time. We've got enough time. One little more comment, folks, and made this in a video that I posted the other day, and I also posted it a couple places online. If today the vast majority of American parents see their kids for three to five hours a day, and that's being generous, folks, for people that work a eight to five job, and then, and, and if we start not seeing our kids at six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, whenever maternity leave is over. And then education, whether it's teachers or coaches or other extracurricular leaders, see our kids eight to 12 hours a day, who's actually raising our kids? It ain't the parents, to put it kind of brusquely, folks. And that has not always been the case. Nor does it seem like, based on what we see in society today, that that's working out too well for us as a country. That is certainly not what we see here from Abigail Adams and John Adams, if you look back. And there's an interesting quote from John Adams way toward the end of his career, because their children had some major issues, folks. And he said, no matter, I'm paraphrasing horribly here, but he basically said, no matter what you feel your patriotic duty is, it can't supplant, it can't take precedence over your duty as a parent. And I think he would have argued really as, as a spouse first and then as a parent, right? And he acknowledged that at the end, when we start to put our own professional dreams and goals and aspirations over our spouse and over our kids, we start to have a lot of problems. All right, so we'll get back, we'll read this, I think just this one more quote. This was on Sunday, September 16th, 1775, and Abigail wrote to John Adams again. I set myself down to write with a heart depressed with the melancholy scenes around me. My letter will be only a bill of mortality. 
Though thanks be to the being who restraineth the pestilence, that it has not yet proved mortal to any of our family, though we live in daily expectation that Patty will not continue many hours. And unto him who mounts the whirlwind and directs the storm, I will cheerfully leave the ordering of my lot, and whether adverse or prosperous days should be my future portion, I will trust in his right hand to lead me safely through. And after a short rotation of events, fix me in a state immutable and happy. Adieu. I need not say how sincerely I am your affectionate, Abigail Adams. A lot of love here again in these words, folks, between Abigail Adams and her her husband. Um, which, again, just as a side note, pushes back on this whole idea that women who stay home and love their husbands and raise their children are somehow oppressed or just madly depressed. Uh, And if I remember correctly, folks, from the reading that I've done, and please, as always, folks, y'all correct me if I'm wrong here. I love the fact that I have an audience that'll double-check me because I certainly do not want to spread any more mistruth or misinformation as some people love to use today i think patty was the little girl that they lost if i'm remembering correctly but i I might not be folks at any rate there were definitely some times when abigail adams just all around her people were either dying or close to death and the war was raging and and yet what did she do she put her trust in god to see her through, depended upon him to make sure that that whatever happened, good or bad, that she knew at the end of her days that she would end up in heaven with God, right? God the Father and Jesus Christ. And so this just shows us a little snippet of the faith of not only our founding generation's men, but in this case, one of our founding generation's great ladies. And I think I will leave you there, folks. I've drugged y'all along for enough today. Hope you've gotten a little bit out of it. And as always, I tell y'all, whatever your sphere of influence is, whether you're a CEO, whether you're a plumber, electrician, a teacher, lawyer, doctor, whatever it is, folks, whether you're a mom at home raising one little one or five little ones, realize what influence you have, whatever that sphere is, right? And, and use it, utilize it, and spread the truth. Every chance you get, spread the truth. Because America absolutely was born a Christian nation. And we can only survive acknowledging that relationship with God. Doesn't mean times would be easy, folks. But it's the only way that we have any hope as a country. So, hope you all have a wonderful rest of whatever is left of your day. My littlest one has come out to walk with me, so I will say goodbye. God bless y'all and God bless America. And we'll talk again real soon.